Hey, you want to run? Uh, we'll run the script. I'm grabbing beers. Okay. Uh, how drunk am I supposed to be? As drunk as you want to be, but realize that this will be captured for all time. That's, see, that's what makes me nervous. Is I did all my gallivanting way back when there were none of these fancy phones. There's no evidence. Nothing I can be charged with. Okay, how could you get charged with something on a podcast unless you admitted to a murder or something? Bitch, you don't know how I roll. I do. I know very much how you roll. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> and we are live. So welcome, everybody, to the Beery Erie podcast. I am your host, Ethan Watts. And today I'm joined by none other than Allison, Allison Sasso. I almost said Reeves. Well, that was my maiden name. I mean, it's still yours, but it it's Sasso now. You're joined by me every week. I'm not the special guest. The special guest is our number one fan, the mommy. That is right. The mommy, the <laughs> one and only. Kathy Watts joins us this week on the Beery Podcast. Y'all have heard about her so much, but here she is. Mom, how are you doing today? Cool. Fine. <laughs> That's all you got, cool and fine? <laughs> yeah. We'll just start this out, right? We're just going to... Oh, there you go. You popped so, a top there, bro. Nice. There you go. So this week, we're doing the one and only Mother's Day special. A little bit after Mother's Day, I might add. It's almost June. Hey, we're in the month. We're cool. It's still May. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're doing this episode, though, today with our mom, and we're so honored to have her along with us this week. Yeah, so what happened to you guys this week? How are you guys doing this week? Don't oh, Ethan. You do the thing <laughs> until I have to talk. No, no, you just talk whenever you want oh to. Oh, my God, no. I, I went to the Walmarts and I picked up some ground beef. It, you know, well, that's How just... much did that cost oh, this Jesus week? Oh, Jesus Christ. I do have one good story, though. What do you got? I haven't been driving because I have been furloughed due to the pandemic, and I haven't been using my saver card from Price Chopper, so I go and get some gas to take Grandma down to the farm, and I'm pumping gas for everyone. I'm like, Jesus Christ, is something wrong with this pump? It's only registered a dollar so far, but I look beneath it, and the gallons are just spinning, 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 and I look at the price it's charging me. It says it's charging me... Point one two nine, and I thought, holy shit, something's wrong with these pumps. Somebody's hacked them. <laughs> and they go look at another pump, and no, it says a hundred dollar fifty seven. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I realized I have been driving so little, and I haven't filled up in so long that I must have had like a buck fifty off every gallon of gas. Oh my gosh, that is just a stroke of good luck. For two seventy five. Hell yeah! <laughs> wow. And I thought, that's right, bitch. That's karma. That's that's good <laughs> karma in your your book. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, but that was just good. Grandma Jerry was very impressed. Oh, of course the penny pusher there was very impressed. <laughs> Mamma was a close second. Oh, they were both bet. like, Oh hell yeah. But what <laughs> are you guys doing down at the farm? Well, it's decoration day this weekend. We had to go down to the cemetery where your entire family is interred where's that at 
between Calgill and Bramer out in northeast Missouri. The church, Little Union, there's no church there anymore. It's been dozed. It fell in. There's an outhouse and a small cemetery. Well, good thing there's an outhouse. Where my family are all buried. Dang it, because I was hoping I was going to be able to go into that church and use the Ouija board. Now I have to go use the Ouija board in the outhouse? No. That mm. outhouse is full of do- mud daubers. You're going to get some responses, but they won't be from the spirits. Uh. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> My grandma tried to sweep it out a little bit, but it's beyond hope. It's That's an emergency number two kind of outhouse only. I'm it's saying. like I'm going to oh. shit myself otherwise. Yeah, otherwise the tree's good. Just go over there. <laughs> How about you, Allison? What have you been doing this week? How was your I pissed, week? I pissed off some Blue Jays. Uh, there That's were some not baby. Hard. Yeah, no, they're they're generally angry animals to begin with, and I love them because of it. But they they pushed their babies out of the nest, and I went too close to one of them, and they were like, Bleh! and got really mad and yelled at me a bunch. So that was cool. Blue yeah, Jays are very aggressive. They, don't you remember they used to torment Jack, our dog? They had a nest up in the eaves, and every time he'd go out, they'd dive bomb and try to peck his ass. It was horrible. So One time I yeah. picked up a rock because I saw it coming, and Jack was just going outside to do his thing, and I threw it at the Blue Jay, and I'm the first one to admit I was amazed it hit him, and the thing tumbled in the air a little bit, and then it flew back, and I thought, take that! Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this may have been before you became Buddhist. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we drinking this week? Hey, wait, wait, wait! Whoa, what about my oh, week? Oh, right. Your week. Ethan does. Ethan had a little bit of business. Exactly. I got a lot of business to fucking explain. I got married, y'all. Y'all might have seen the post. <laughs> I'm actually really happy you posted that because, oh my gosh, we had so many interactions just in that one post about me getting married. I was so happy. Um, but yes, everybody, Beer Erie Society, I am taken officially by a court document, and it is great. And I, our wedding was really fun. Uh, I got to say, though, like through all the pandemic and all the issues, I was so glad to get married in the middle of that because it just is like, to me, it's like a testament of like, this is this is it. This was gonna happen no matter. It's what. like a middle finger in the face of fate. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all can try, but it ain't gonna happen. So, me and Bethany Watts, not Booth, just for everybody else to know, because apparently a lot of people thought I was gonna take her last name. Uh, oh, you better be. Those are fighting words. You better kick every ass. That said oh that. yeah, I'd say. And nope. I am a feminist, but I know that they're calling him a little bitch in army speak. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, she is a Watts, and we we were really happy. So this week was really fun. Parents got to come. We had a great time. Drove Both golf carts and wrecked a couple golf carts, but it's okay. Did you? I didn't realize there were wrecks that happened. Uh, we we had two rear ends. We had a four-year-old driver responsible for one of them. He decided to brake check me. We didn't do a field sobriety test, hoping that Papa didn't also give him alcohol. Oh, God. Don't give the four-year-old alcohol. <laughs> but he did let the four-year-old drive and sat there laughing like a maniac in the passenger seat, like it's a ride at Disney World, but it's a little more real than that. <laughs> It's better than a ride at Disney World. I'd never driven a golf cart in my life. I had the best time. It was one of my bucket list items. Bracken told me about that too. Yeah, <laughs> I had a great. I had I had so much fun. 
It was great. It was uh, probably driving the golf carts around with all my groomsmen and my family was just one of the greatest things of that day, to be honest. It kept me away from the clubhouse, so I didn't see my bride, and I was having a great time. It was awesome. Creepily, it's one of the things that makes us that family, too. We are that family, <laughs> yep. But yeah, so that, that was the biggest thing that happened this week. Uh, now we can go into the what were you drinking there, Allison? Jeez. Well, excuse me. I'll <laughs> excuse the hell out of me. Excuse me. I'll just go ahead and... T- I'm drinking some homemade limoncello. My husband made it today. He's very proud of it, and it's very good. What's a limoncello? It is a lemon-flavored liqueur. It's very Total popular with Italian. content by volume. Uh, I don't know, 65%, maybe more. Uh, it's homemade. Who knows? 65%? That's ridiculous. No, that's that's potent. Don't, don't. I'm only having a little bit. Do you mean 65 proof? Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't remember. I that don't makes a lot proof. more sense. <laughs> 65 proof would mean it's only a 32.5%. And that makes sense for a liqueur, but 65%, holy shit. You're like That's a, more like a liquor. <laughs> you're, you're a Ron Swanson for sure. I don't know. <laughs> That's a Parks and Rec reference. Oh, there, okay. I'm sorry. I don't watch that show. <laughs> Mom, what are you, uh, I'm going to say it, partaking in? Well, I got a Modelo beer. Well, that's good for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm having a Elysian Contact Haze Hazy IPA. Just I've to... got a... Cr- that's Elysian. Elysian? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it definitely You know I'm is. not good at this language. I know. That, like, this is my primary language, I'm trying and I'm to not help. good at it. <laughs> and someday I want to be a lawyer, so that's... I don't get it. But anyways... Oh, everybody's going to get it soon. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's what we're drinking. Um, you know. Do we have any reviews or emails this week? Uh, unfortunately, not. Our biggest uh, biggest fan is on the on the show this week, so. I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't get a five star review, but we are. I like I said a couple weeks ago, we are slowly, steadily gaining an audience number, and we really do appreciate anybody that's listening right now. So. <laughs> But the only way we can ever gain yet more members for our society is if you take the time to like and review our incredible podcast that you, too, have grown to love. Or maybe it's just grown on you like a fungus. I have no idea. A parasite at best. I don't want to compare your podcast to thickened, ugly toenails. That's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) But it is eerie. And this week's topic That's eerie, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This week's topic is Buddhism because our mom is Buddhist, and while that might not seem classically eerie, uh, definitely not to us, it does fall into the category of strange, bizarre, or weird, potentially, to others. So sometimes we fear what we do not know or understand, and for some, learning about a different belief system could maybe be uncomfortable, but that's what we're here for. We're here to help explore things with you. Eerie, eerie society. We're here for you, always, forever. <laughs> Via Facebook or whatever you want to contact us in. Yes, I actually on asked my Ouija husband board. if he... That would be great. <laughs> yes, contact us on the Ouija board. I'm sure we'll respond. Uh, I asked. I didn't I pay my bill my... though this month on the Ouija board. <laughs> His Ouija fi has been cut off. <laughs> Ouija fi. Yeah, because I tried to call him, and all I kept getting was the thing going, No! (laughs) The whole table freaking lifted and everything. 
I asked my husband if he wanted to ask you questions about Buddhism, and he responded, does it have to do with booty? Ha ha. Does Buddhism deal with booty? That question is a little vague, but I think the safe answer is no. <laughs> Ethan, what do you know about Buddhism? Um... I know, like, maybe surface-level topics. I like, I definitely have some beliefs in the system, uh, but I'm definitely leaning more towards a, a Christian belief, but not so much anymore. It's kind of like in between both of them. He's a Christa-Buddhist by marriage. A <laughs> Christa-Buddhist by marriage, I like it. <laughs> um, but there are some eerie and weird concepts that, like, me and Mom have talked in deep deeply before on the back patio so i'm i'm looking forward to this because this, this might be interesting so anyways what about you allison what do you know uh i don't know as much as i would like to know about buddhism i i know that there are concepts like uh reincarnation and karma and dharma and i know that there is meditation involved although i don't necessarily know to what extent yep that's about it well, before oh, we... Oh, I also know the word bodhisattva, but I don't know as much as I would want to about bodhisattvas either. But that is the whole point of this episode, is to learn more. I feel like you just elaborated a lot more than I knew, because, like, bodhisattva, too, you've talked about that before with me, and I don't really know what it means, but it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, and we're about to find out what it is. But we exactly. should probably turn it over to our mother. Mom, what is Buddhism? Hang on, before you answer that... Oh, okay. I just yeah, did. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to clarify for the record that I took what are called bodhisattva vows in Buddhism. But unlike other religions, there's five Buddhist precepts that you take to, be, to take your bodhisattva vows. Well, one was no killing, do not talk falsely, you know, normal things that you think. And then the fifth one was. To abstain from intoxicants of all kinds. I did not take that vow, for I knew that that would be a lie to take that vow. <laughs> so I took four of five of my Buddhist bodhisattva vows. And a bodhisattva is just a, a person working towards enlightenment who wants to dedicate the merit created by their works to the help of all living creatures. You know, we take a bodhisattva vow because we'd like to be able to help other people find enlightenment. We also have bodhisattvas that they're not really deities. Buddhism is not really a theistic religion. We don't believe in a father type God and maybe that's semantics or something. I think it might be the Christian people's concept of God, but what we believe in is nature of mind. All living things are are connected due to the nature of mind, the nature of life. The, our consciousness didn't just happen. We didn't go from one cell things that are just chemical reactions to thinking, planning, doing these things. That ability's always been there. So that's what's eternal is this nature of mind, and we're all a part of it. And a bodhisattva is just someone who wants to dedicate all of their time in this plane and the past and the future to helping others understand and achieve enlightenment. That's I don't know that you're going to necessarily achieve enlightenment by throwing rocks at birds. That is not 
one of the more known methods, and that was <gasps> also before I was a Buddhist, Allison. <laughs> That's when it was an enlightened shit. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. It was funny. <laughs> Damn it, that bird was scaring the shit out of my dog, so he had to go. <laughs> it's true though but that that is some cool stuff to talk about because like i feel like a lot of and i'm talking out of my own head so some sure. of it might not I be get it. accurate but a lot of religious beliefs are to just make happiness for others and just to bring something to somebody's life that wasn't there you know what i mean like well ultimate truth is going to be the same for everybody so Buddhism is also, we're not really a religion, we're kind of more of a philosophy, but I kind of use it as a religion. We view all religions as equal because they're all just taking a different path to that central truth. And the central truth is we need to get rid of ego, we need to realize we're all in this together, we all need to be positive and work towards that because helping us all get through this is what what really matters so everybody's kind of aiming towards that just buddhism does it without concept of a paternalistic god so that what drew you to buddhism the lack of a paternalistic figure well a lot of christianity all that other stuff i never did well with it because it makes you want to accept a lot of dogma you have to believe that mary was a virgin when she got pregnant and it's like I don't know, guys. I have never, ever heard of that happening, and I just think that's not true. And once you get older, you get kind of smart to spin and politically wording things. It's like, well, I'm sure that's happened since the beginning of time, too. Maybe Mary wasn't so much a virgin, but, you know, that was his mom, so we had to backfill that story to, oh, by the way, you know? She is a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) So... I just didn't want to believe things that I thought were, weren't provable. And one of the good things about the Buddha, once he got enlightened, he figured out how it was and how it all worked. When he first started teaching, which took him a long time, because he thought it was so crazy when he realized it through deep introspective meditation, supposedly for 40 days, but that's a myth. Could have been I don't know how long. Yeah. That's like a numerology number of auspicious things, I think. So the but it was just so weird and so not what people were geared for that he didn't teach for like two or three months and then when he did he told them he said you know this is what i've come up with through meditation this is working for me this is what i understand you should think about it deeply you should research you should read you should always educate yourself and if you find out it's not true and you don't like it then certainly don't follow it you know i kind of like that that was like well hell yeah (laughs) find your own beliefs and and just go with it and you know yeah we're all kind of there's a big metaphor about all the world religions are feeling an elephant or blind men surrounding an elephant and by what they feel right in front of them they're trying to describe it but it's like if you got the trunk you got a whole different view than the tail (laughs) so there you go i'd rather have the trunk than the other side yeah i don't want anything else i mean it's that like, trunk was pretty mud on you too. It ruined a field trip of mine in grade school. The <laughs> elephant walked up, and we're all, oh, we're gonna get to pet it, and we're all reaching our hands out, and he had a whole trunk full of mud, and he sprayed it all over the ones that were in the front, and I thought, 
that sucks to be you people. That was before as a Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like to go to what, what you so lovingly term Buddha church for the first time? What made you feel connected when you finally decided, you know what, this might be for me? Well, I didn't. I First thing I did, my first toe into Buddhism was I took a class at the Rimei Center because it was like an introduction to something in Buddhism. And I thought, well, I'll try that out. Because I had been meditating just as a stress, you know, manage your emotions kind of thing. And I had noticed it was working. It was helping. And the first time I got the guts to go to Sunday service, I was just freaked out as hell. <laughs> There's a lot of seats that are just on the floor with these cushions and they have chairs for crippled old people like me, but I thought, oh my God, what if I get down on one of them little cushions and I can't get up <laughs> or it don't look good or the legs go to sleep. And then, I don't know. But then after I learned more and I went and then I took more classes and I meditated on it, it just all kind of, when you finally get it and you look at it, I thought, oh, I guess I've already known this. It's like, no, you didn't. This is nothing you've known before, but it just feels so native to me now. So I kept going. Where is Rime at? Oh, it's, I don't know the address. You I don't need to know the address. Just where is it at in Kansas City? It's down City. the Crossroads District on Penway, but we have bought a piece of land because our rent is like $5,500 a month Holy to stay cow. there. Crossroads has become expensive due to the arts stuff. Hipsters. Hipsters Royal want to be hipsters. there. Well, we bought a piece of land over like East Kansas City on 27th Street that we're, we put a garden on and everything and we're going to start building a remade temple, a Buddhist temple That's here. That's awesome though. Well, there is already a, a Vietnamese Buddhist temple, and we do some things with them. They come up and bring their dragon dance and stuff at certain holidays. But, yeah. I mean, I'm be the only white girl at the Buddhists, the Vietnamese Buddhists, and I probably won't understand the service because probably in Vietnamese. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so oh. speaking of... Speaking of the Rimei Center, um, I know that not all Buddhist traditions are the same, much like not all Christian traditions are the same. What Buddhist tradition do you follow at the Rimei Center, and like, what do you believe essentially? Well, Rimei, the word, means like non-denominational in Christian. We have, we, t we have teachers from all the schools, just like Christianity, there's sects in Buddhism. We have teachers that come that are from Mahayana sects, like Tantric Buddhists, that kind of stuff. We have Zen priests that come, which is, they all have the same beliefs, but a little different branding. Zen is a little more clean. They're not really clear whether they want to say you are reincarnated. They're kind of more like we're all one, so is it you, is it somebody else? Very clean, very meditation focused, everything in Buddhism is. And there's a different sect called the Theravadins, and they're mostly in Thailand and stuff. We have their teachers, too. They just have slightly different views. We just take them all in and process them all for ourselves instead of excluding to one path's dictations of how you should think. Yeah. So is tantric Buddhism like sexy Buddhism? No, that's kind of bull crap. I mean, in... What's sexy Buddhism, first off? Well, there is, there is tantric sex in, I think it was more the Hindus, 
Buddhism is an offshoot of Hinduism. I mean, the Buddha was born in lands where they were Hindu. So a lot of his beliefs came from those old ones, but he took it farther. And there's sex depicted in a lot of our religious paintings called tankas. But our culture's all up like, ooh, sex, it's huge, it's a big deal. And theirs is more like sex happens. We're not really that riled about it. So there's pictures, tantric tankas, they're called, that's what we call the paintings of the male and the female energy in union, as we call it. But it's not about the sex. It's about the merging of the two energies. It's just, we're really dirty-minded here in this country. <laughs> we make it very titillating. And they're like, why are you freaking out? It's, it's <laughs> just sex, guys. Like, let's yeah, calm it's down. Like, calm down. Do you get off the farm much? <laughs> <laughs> Our family doesn't, so... Not far, no. <laughs> so what does one need to be a Buddhist? Are there, like, tools of the trade? So, like, for example, Christians have crosses or rosaries. What are some Buddhist tools? Well, we don't have tools. We have a lot of symbols. And you both know I had one of my favorite symbols tattooed on my leg called the interconnected knot and what it stands for yeah ethan has it come he he compounded it in a really cool tattoo he has on his arm but the interconnected knot you can start it at any place and trace it out with ever moving your pen off the paper and what it stands for is that all life on earth and everywhere in the universe is interconnected it's all one life which is an interesting concept because like I'm not trying to, like, advocate or anything like that. I'm just trying to have an open mindset about it. But if you think about it, like, all life, if we look at, like, just the science aspect of it, when we die, it's like your body decomposes, worms make you into food, and slowly all your molecules Every atom energy. that was you comes back into new life. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, for me, whenever I got this tattooed on me, that's what I was trying to speak of because mine is a it's roots with an endless they go into an endless knot and then it's a tree because that's mm -hmm. to me is like when i die i will become molecules and atoms and then the trees will take up my resources that i left whenever i pass and slowly the cycle of life continues to keep going and it's yeah. just that's why one of my burial options i'm gonna put on my dharma will for you guys is there are companies out there that'll either take your ashes or your whole body and put them in the sack of a tree that the family can plant somewhere and then the tree grows incorporating your remains in it it's kind of a nice tribute it's cool i've wanted too. to do that ever since i read about it in mary roach's book stiff but like you were saying ethan everything that you said about the cycle of everything and the interconnectivity i think carl sagan even said it said it best when he said we're all connected to each other biologically to the earth chemically to the rest of the universe atomically everything is connected well okay if you want to go down this rabbit hole i'm with you because <laughs> with you yeah i'm with you <laughs> because that's what the da the dalai lama is a very educated man at 83 and he frequently talks to leaders in physics and mathematics and stuff like that and he even says if anything you discover to be true is in conflict 
with what Buddhists believe, then Buddhism must change. But so far, science can't disprove any of the things Buddhists say. One of the main things is that actual reality is not what you and I see. What we see is delusion because we, number one, have the fatal mistake of believing that we are a real thing. Yourself in Buddhism is a concept. There's no eternal soul. There's just like a mind stream. And people think, I'm a real thing, so I've got to do everything for me, 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 when the truth is you're just a mind stream. You were born into a time and place. That's why you have all these things. You're not really particularly gifted. You were just lucky. So maybe you shouldn't be a freaking dick. <laughs> maybe you should help people instead of trying to get billions, billions of dollars by any means necessary. It's it's funny because you, you talk about this stuff and it's, it's cool that you take a stance on it because uh, like society as we know it, especially in the United States, is it's a very me, me, me culture. Yeah, growing up, and it's it's nice to have a rejuvenating aspect of hey, like we're not so me, 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 and we're just trying to help everybody out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's exactly that. I mean, we are we are very self focused. There's a tonka that's very important. They they created this tonka. Tonkas are Tibetan Buddhist art, and it all is by a pattern. You can't just freehand this stuff because every thing on the canvas means something and in the pre-literate days when they wanted to run around teaching buddhism there's this tonka called the wheel of life and at the very center of the wheel of life are three figures there's an eagle there's a pig and a snake and you go why the hell is that well the 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 pig is ego he's stupid this son of a gun thinks he's a real thing so he's me 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 then the two other poisons are the freaking eagle because he's a predator he's got to grab 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 all the predator that's grasping that's wanting things that you don't have because you think that's what's going to make you happy in buddhism the truth is happy comes from inside of you being okay with your situation and doing the things mentally you need to do and then the other one, the snake is aversion, being scared to death of all the things you don't want, like, oh, COVID-19 is going to kill me, so I've got to totally freak the hell out, all those things. Grasping for what you don't have, avoiding terribly, 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 and saying, like, avoid, not thinking about death. Americans love to not think about death. Buddhists think about it a lot, because a lot of our, a lot of the things we do medically and everything else just seem to be kind of crazy to a Buddhist because in our view, if you wanted to cry, it would be at birth because the baby's being born into samsara, which is suffering with pleasures in between, but lots of suffering. But when you go, you go back to nirvana where you're part of the mind stream everything's okay you figure things out hopefully you get enlightened and if you're a bodhisattva you decide to stay in communication spiritually with the human world to help guide others to enlightenment it's interesting uh you talk about it and for me you know i'm trying to relate it to anything that's like everybody else we're trying to relate it to something that we know and like in the army we're very 
open to concepts of death because you need to be that's our that's our job practical yeah and <laughs> it's funny because like for you it's a little easier for you to understand like where i'm coming from because i might have a more morbid sense of humor about it because we have to deal with it in some way but this is a lot of people in the army and how they have a feeling about it of death and stuff like that and it's just i like that view of it because we're more open to talk about it in the in the buddhist culture where in the army we're just like we're just going to make fun of it because we're all kind of scared of it but it, it minimizes it 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 infantilizes the the big scary thing of death if you guys can joke about it exactly it's and a black humor thing it's a coping mechanism it that's is. what people do i i joke about things that are not appropriate to joke about with other because people because it is a coping mechanism exactly and that's honestly and, you that's know, our family all my life i've been the first one to make the joke about myself and now I can see clearly I did that to beat others to the punch. Oh, yeah. It can't hurt me if I've already said it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jim said it best in the office. You just got to make fun of yourself. I'm a big goof. Oh, stop. No, you're not. Then everybody builds you up. Exactly. My favorite thing. Oh, I feel so fat. Everybody goes, no, you're not fat. You're just big boned. <laughs> Like you lied, sexy shit. We all know that anatomy does not work that way. But no, okay. <laughs> my bones are the exact size of a normal five foot four inch woman. They're not some kind of weird, giant, humongous Neanderthal bones. It's a birth defect. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a birth defect. My birth defect was being born from one parent from Mud Creek and the second one from. Appleton City. <laughs> <laughs> From the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> so how you, Fee? I'm doing really well. I was actually thinking, it's like, okay, so do I want to talk about the weird experience I had with uh, the Bodhisattva Kuan Yin that definitely happened to me, or do the, I want to talk about death? Here's and, another thing. I think you should talk about Kuan Yin. We can edit what's, what's workable and what's not. I think you should talk about your past life dreams until you hit puberty. Oof. Oh, yes. That shit was real. So anyways, okay. go ahead, Allison. Oh, okay. So I was at Aquarius KC, which is this really great metaphysical shop in downtown Kansas City. And I was going through some stuff. I was worried that I was pregnant again. And for anybody who's known me, like, I've had some serious issues with pregnancy. We don't need to get into that, but if you ever want to learn more, feel free to hit us up. Anyway, I was going through it and I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? What's happening? And my friend uh, Nicole was with me and she was telling me about all of these Bodhisattva statues that we happened to be standing near. And I was like, okay, well, who's that one? And she's like, oh, this is the Bodhisattva Kuan Yin. And she hears the suffering cries of us mortals here on Earth and is supposed to help intercede uh, through mercy. And stop me if I'm wrong, Mom. And I was just going through it and I was like, well, you know what? It can't hurt to see if magic is real in my view, if, in my estimation, or if um, praying to a bodhisattva of mercy is a real thing. So I was like, well, I could use a little mercy right now. And that was. That was basically like the simple prayer of it all. And because she's also a bodhisattva of like hearing the cries uh, of the suffering of others, you're supposed to be able, like she's supposed to communicate through auditory input. I mean, 
obviously if you can't hear that's one thing and i'm sure she would come to you in another way but i instantly it was it was so instant like like five minutes later we're sitting looking at some other stuff across the store and out of nowhere over the store radio a song that is not a popular song because there's a lot of music that i listen to that is not popular not mainstream pops on the radio overhead and the only lyric of the song is don't think about all the things you fear just be glad to be here and that was it and i was like oh my god that's that's the message that's that's kuan yin like that's the prayer she the prayer was just answered and i cried and i cried and i cried there you go well this won't make you feel better much like other religions the saints have been kind of tore up. Kuan Yin is what they call the the one that in Tibetan Buddhism is a male de- entity known as Chenrezi. So they de- they kind of did their saints a little different. But since they're concepts, I don't think that's a huge deal. <laughs> they're archetypes of energy, you know? Yeah. The bodhisattvas who aligned with that archetype, you know? That's an interesting thing to talk about, too, because, like, that was a very trying time for your life there, Allison. And then whenever that, yeah. whenever, whenever those little things happen, that, like, the song coming overhead, it's like you take a moment and you realize, like, I'm in the moment and I'm I'm where I need to be. And it, it just, it happens like that. And it's just you kind of have to listen to the flow of life and that's kind of the belief I've ever I've ever had growing up is there's a there's an ebb and flow and you have to just understand it and some people don't want to but that's their their prerogative you know what I mean well I just remember looking over at Nicole and I was like I didn't know magic could happen that quickly and she was like oh yeah (laughs) it happens and it's just you got to be there and in the moment well you remember that time we were talking about Buddhist divination no. I was telling you, well, I wanted to go to that one dinner, but it started right before the COVID shut down. And it was a ceremony. It was a celebration down at Rime, and they were going to do some Buddhist divination. But a lot of it goes just exactly what, like what you described. It's like, you know, ask the Lama who is going to do the divination process, you know, by it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like your tarot, you know? Yeah. But the answer always comes in something like that, that is a Buddhist concept, but is particularly pertinent to exactly what you're dealing with. Like, you'll blah, 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 blah. And then the thing that'll come up with is a perfect answer, even though it seemed so trite when you read it way back in the day. But it's something you already know that they bring up. It actually is a lot like reading tarot, because I'll tell people what the cards say and they'll be like oh my god i mean I now i know so what that means yes right it happens all the time well and i got i looked that day i was having those tests because i said what I, I looked up on google it's like buddhist views on tarot and buddhism has no problem with people reading tarot cards and stuff like that unlike other faiths do you know call it witchcraft and all that so I'm fine with you call it witchcraft. That's fine. <laughs> well, She's a witch. Don't say it to Mama. Burner, burner, burner. 
If she floats, she must be a witch. That's how it goes. <laughs> oh, she drowned. I guess she was innocent. Oh, great. Oops. Oops. Sorry well, about your wife, Tony. She's a bit moist and dead. <laughs> <laughs> More emphasis on the moist. <laughs> Yes, like me in a... bed, anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? See, this is a concept of if I say it first, then nobody can say it. What are you saying? What is the sploosh factor you're talking about in your no, bed? I was, I, I was trying to make the joke first, like you said about you. It's the defense mechanism. You know, I'm I gotta totally change dead. the fucking sheets every night just because I get so excited. <laughs> oh, my God. oh God, gross! Not to change subjects, like yes, this please super do. harsh, but yeah, let's. Um, did you want to talk about your past life experiences, Ethan? I mean, I guess it's got, it's here, so why not? So, like, whenever I was growing up in high school, uh, mainly you I had were twelve when you start telling me about this stuff. Okay, well, I was twelve, and <laughs> high school, my ass. <laughs> I felt like a high schooler. I always you wanted always to grow up. You always overestimated your authority. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a lot of uh, dreams about other things that I couldn't exactly explain. And some parts of me being the skeptic I am kind of blame it on Call of Duty and like World War II and stuff like that. Like Probably. having a natural inspiration in it. Sure. But a lot of me grew up having dreams about uh, a certain person that grew up in communist Russia at, during the time. and After the revolution. Yeah, and being involved in it. And I had very specific dreams about how somebody was involved in it and he was uh, more of an infantryman but a really good runner and stuff like that and he was always a part of it. And um, I've relived several times in my life um, in dreams of his death. Uh, he had a fucking really nice brunette as a as a wife, or not even a wife. It was just a thing at home, and he went off to war during this time because his homeland was invaded and stuff like that, and he was involved in it, and at one point they were pinned down and in a basement, and, you know, pe- enemy was in front, and they were kind of had the end of it, and at one point the person that was commanding at the time told me to run um, and go to receive a message and the last thing I remember in the dream is running and collapsing and in, in my head I you know researching it because you know several people in my lifehood have told have given me books to research it because they've wanted me to continue learning about it and I honestly believe that that was me dying and the last last thing I saw was me collapsing because someone shot me as I was running to give a message and I've grown up learning about Russia and stuff like that and that's why I have a flag actually when we went on a German trip in high school and I purchased a uh, Soviet Union flag because of that reason I've had a lot of those dreams and I've kind of just dealt with them and just slowly like pieced together what they were meant and honestly in this life all they mean is I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be in this career path that I'm in right now, but it's time for me to, you know, get what I got out of it and move on and do what I need to do with it. And, you know, those those stories that you see in your head are all there not because you need to be tormented on them. They're not there because you need to 
do anything about them. It's just there as a lesson. And that's all life is, is one big lesson, one right after the other. And that's what I, I see, like, you know, I just got married and that was just one big lesson, learning one right after the other. And it was to not get hung up about the little details for this marriage, you know? We're, the only thing we're there for is to get married. And that's all, like, honestly, whenever I believe in Buddhism is because one thing is you learn a lesson and you move on and you keep going until the very end of your life when, when things are fleeting from you and you can't see anything anymore. You're just learning one thing, one right after the other, and you're just passing that on to the next person. Whether time's relative or not, do we go back and forth one way or the other? It's unknown. But hey, the next person that gets to receive my soul will understand like, hey, I learned a lot here. And what is it? Elysian? Elysian. Elysian contact haze is really good. So I hope the next person invests in this really too. Okay. <laughs> you should be getting paid for these plugs though. You really should. Yeah, well, we're working on it. It's a it's a it's a development thing. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to develop organically. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that was uh my That was dreams. well said, Ethan. Yeah. And it's a it's a weird concept that I've dealt with a lot in my life, but it's just one of those things. Oh, yeah. I should look up your astrological chart, and we can look up your north node and your south node. Your south is supposed to be the karmic lessons that you've you're supposed to be leaving Why behind. Why haven't you from a already done that? Well, I will. <laughs> and the north, your north node is where you're supposed to be heading in this lifetime. So we'll have to see what yours say at some point. I'm just now learning about astrology. I'm still interested to hear about why I'm a hermit. Oh, the her- oh, we yeah, sure we can do a birth and uh, shadow card episode at, in the coming weeks, or I can just tell you. Ethan's uh, a hermit. To- yes, he's the hermit, and his shadow card is the moon, and we'll talk about that another another episode, or I'll just tell you guys about it another time. But back to Buddhism, which is the actual topic of the day. Uh, what was it like for you when you first started exploring meditating? Because when I first started, I was terrible at it. Oh, like my, yeah. my brain bounces around well, so much. Well, you Is find just out just how much bullshit's going on in your head that you aren't even aware of. I mean, just to meditate and kind of just focus on my breathing for 10 minutes in the beginning was a huge chore. But it's just like running or any other kind of exercise, if you've got to do it, where you get in the zone. There's lots of different styles of meditation. I'm sure what you're doing is just shamatha, right? Just following your breathing. And that's valuable for some things. But there's all kinds of different meditations. There's there's, uh, introspective meditation. Sometimes when I meditate, I'll think about a Buddhist concept that I'm needing to clarify in my mind or something. And just kind of breathe and think of that. There's Dzogchen, which my favorite teacher in Buddhism, Lama Lina, she's a Dzogchen master. And Dzogchen is uh, direct seeing. You you can do 10,000 lifetimes of tantric practice to achieve enlightenment. Dzogchen is like, we can do this in one life if you just want to get on it. <laughs> and it's called direct seeing. It's and you do different techniques with that. It's like with each meditation you try to you let down all your walls, let down all your pretenses and view actual reality as it is. 
where time is irrelevant and everything is one. That's a hard concept for a lot of people to understand because it is. It, it is, and that's why I recommend a lot of these videos. There's a guy on YouTube called Quantum Revolution Counseling, and he is a teacher of religion at some college out there in Pennsylvania, I think, and he has some excellent videos that explain all of these, and he's very accessible and funny and entertaining, and I highly rep recommend. I've had a, I have had a couple of Modellos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I highly recommend Quantum Revolution Counseling videos. This guy has, is show, and he will show you how all the religions are pointing at the same thing from a different angle. I think on that, we can probably just wrap this up. And I think that your perspective on things is definitely, like, even if you weren't really a, a Buddhist thinker or anything like that, or you didn't know any of the concepts going into this, I think you could, everybody can gain something out of this. And it, I wasn't it, done. I had more questions. I understand. But Do you have a question fee? Yeah, what's the <laughs> difference between karma and dharma? Karma is your debt, what, what you've done, the things against you. Like you do something, you kick a dog that didn't know you were even there. That's bad karma. You know, That's what affects not just your life this time. It can affect you in lifetimes to come. Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A, is the practice of living the Buddhist life through the Buddhist principles, meditating, trying to help other people, basically being kind and not being a dick. <laughs> so I think the, the word there is compassion. Compassion is very important in Buddhist practice. We love everybody. We don't hate anybody. Everybody carries their own burdens. What other questions you got, Allison? Oh, no, no, that was all. I mean, I have more, but what, for another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will stand by what I said. I think that this was a good episode that it, it anybody of any religion can gain something from this. It's definitely something that, you know, I've dealt with, we've all dealt with on this podcast, and I hope other people have gotten some insight from it if you have let us know um, we are located on facebook twitter instagram everything you can imagine we're also bathroom walls everywhere exactly I, people, people post my number all over you can send us an email like our mother does be like our mother because she's cool at, <laughs> and she is she truly is at beery dot eerie at gmail.com and we hope to review it one day and put it on the podcast we hope to still do listener episodes we're slowly building we'll get yeah. there eventually we'll amass enough stories that people have slowly sent to us over time that it could fill an entire episode we have like three. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate you guys listening to us and giving us a, a shot and uh we look forward to hearing from y'all we you love got, you. You got anything to close out there, Mother? Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> That's what you're That's what gonna do. I don't know what you want me to say. That's good. It's great. That was perfect. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for meeting our mommy. Our mom, the mommy. The mommy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.